Steve Mui, rhymes with gooey, is a medical doctor who was two years from qualifying as a specialist in infectious diseases. He has agreed to look at any weird rashes or hives you have after the show. Just go show him, don't ask. He's a medical professional. Uh, Steve has a long background in science, firstly completing a Bachelor of Space Science and a Bachelor of Medical Science at La Trobe University. Uh, he went on to complete a Bachelor of Medicine and a Bachelor of Surgery at Deakin, hmm. followed by a Master of Public Health and Tropical Medicine in Northern Queensland. He is currently on his 18th degree, maybe, uh, completing a Master's of Clinical Education at the University of Melbourne. Um, Steve hasn't written this down, but I assume he's very concerned about the changes to how you pay for uni. Um, Steve. How are you going? Uh, this is my first time in front of a microphone, so uh, is it working? <laughs> cool. Uh, everyone asks that, so I just wanted to do that too. Um, so I uh, am slightly jet-lagged. I came from a, um, a conference in uh, Vienna, uh, spent some time in Budapest, went to Prague, um, got back about 48 hours ago, and I got a, uh, an email from Erin. I don't know if you know Erin Wagon, who organises this uh, one of the organisers of this um, of this fantastic session, uh, essentially saying that someone unfortunately couldn't present. Um, it's about five, six, maybe a week ago, um, and could you please present uh, a talk about one of your heroes, scientific heroes? <clears throat> so here I am, uh, jet lagged, uh, one week later, and I had to find someone. Um, obviously, I've got a pretty extensive scientific uh, background, mostly uh, academic, so I like being a student. I think being a student is a lot easier and a lot more fun than working. Um, anyone who works in this audience probably knows what that's like. It's a lot easier to sit there in a lecture and just listen to someone feed you some information. So um, I had to think about who was my hero and I had very little limited time. Um, I'm currently an infectious diseases registrar at the Royal Melbourne Hospital and I thought I would probably be out of a job if it wasn't for bacteria. I think bacteria are pretty important to my job. So I, um, I decided to talk about uh, Robert Koch. Uh, some people call him Koch. Uh, so I guess the question I had was, um, does anyone actually know whether it's Koch or Koch? Uh, he was a German man, so I don't really want to um, talk too much uh, about Dr. Koch. Um, obviously, there's too many jokes for me to utilise in that situation, but I was really, really looking forward to talking about, uh, you know, I've got a, a deep love for Koch's postulates. Um, so that's the only one that I'm going to use there. That's the, the funniest my presentation will be. Um, so Robert Koch is essentially known as the father of uh, bacteriology. He, he is the man who um, sort of founded, uh, not really founded, but I suppose um, solidified the germ theory of infectious diseases. So before Robert Koch was around, there was a lot of people who thought that maybe there was a miasma in the air, like you breathed in back, you know, some sort of um, abnormal chemical or some sort of odour that made you sick. And during the times of the plagues, people would wear those long beak masks with multiple different nice odours, lavender, or whatever turns you on, and that would cleanse the air and you wouldn't get sick. Um, and Louis Pasteur was one of the founding fathers of, of germ theory, but couldn't actually really prove per se that bacteria and, you know, there was microorganisms that caused diseases. Um, Robert Koch came along. He was born in 1843, and he was born to a very poor mining family. His parents um, were very poor people as well. He was a very smart man. He was a real genius, a scientific, um, you know, um, a mind essentially taught himself to read and write as a child, um, 
was mostly self-educated in his junior years, went to university, um, initially studied mathematics and physical sciences and decided, uh, uh, probably want some more money than that, decided to become a doctor. Um, he was a very impressive doctor. He graduated with high first-class distinctions um, and studied some really vague, varied things initially and then decided, um, actually he heard some research that had been published by Louis Pasteur and a few other prominent figures at the time and um, no one had really proved that, that microorganisms existed and that they caused disease. Um, and so he was really quite a prominent role in developing um, the germ theory of disease. The very first um, organism that he identified as an, as an infectious agent was anthrax. Um, and now anthrax is a very important organism, mostly to sort of animals and animal populations. I don't know if you know this as a current, um, there's been a current outbreak in the north of Victoria of anthrax, especially in sort of farming populations. Um, but he was able to prove that anthrax um, is a microorganism and the way that he went about doing that is he developed the system of, of, of identification. So initially in his, um, he was in the clinic, sort of like the clinic that most of us doctors work in, but aside his clinic he set up um, a laboratory. We had a microscope, a very cheap micro microscope. He took some samples of bacteria um, and put them on a potato slice. Um, I love potatoes, um, so I thought this was a really good story. And grew some bacteria, um, and they were uh, obviously, um, you know, interested in the in the in the potato carbohydrates. But unfortunately, not all of them grew. So then he decided, what's the best way to do this? Um, he tried to take another sort of chemical and um, uh, tried to sort of formulate it in a way that would be solid, but couldn't figure it out because it kept melting at the 37 degrees that human bodies are at. Um, and so then he develops another method um, that he'd heard about through other people. And this method um, was from algae. Does anyone know what the name of this chemical is that, that they used to grow bacteria that he first used? Agar, that's right. So he used agar to grow bacteria. And the reason why he used that was because it stayed solid at 37 degrees and had a good medium as well. So um, I think that was you know, a pretty important step. He took anthrax, was the first person to actually say this is a, a bacteria or, or a microorganism, a spore, that causes human disease, or causes disease in animals. Um, next, he went on to tuberculosis. And I think this is one of the most important parts of his research, and that's what he won the Nobel Prize for in uh, 1905, um, is his research in tuberculosis. So he develops a set of postulates, and they're called Cox postulates. A lot of us learn about this um, sort of when we do our science degrees, microbiology degrees. Um, he's got four postulates, and this is the foundation of what I do and what people do in microbiology and infectious diseases. They have to prove, uh, essentially, that this, this um, organism causes disease. Um, and Barry, Barry Marshall, for example, the last speaker, talked about Barry Marshall, who um, you know, pioneered Helicobacter pylori in the cause of gastritis, um, as well as other you know, cancers of the gastrointestinal tract. Um, but we actually have to go back one step further and, and actually realise that Koch was the person who came up with this postulate. So the first postulate's fairly straightforward. All cases of this you know, um, infection or this, this syndrome must contain this particular organism or this big bacteria. Um, so that's fairly straightforward. Um, you must be able to take that person, isolate their blood or a sterile fluid, put it on a culture plate and grow the bacteria or grow, grow the organism. That's the second postulate. You take, that post you take that organism, you inject it into a person's bloodstream or into their skin, um, in his case in guinea pigs, and you cause the disease using that microorganism. And the fourth and final postulate is then you take a sample off that infected person who's now got the disease that you were expecting, put it on the plate again, and it's the same organism. So they're the four 
postulates of, of cock. Um, it's hard not to make a joke there. Um, anyway, um, so finally he used these postulates to take his research further, and the third organism that he identified was cholera, um, which is a vibrio organism. It's a very um, sort of common organism in the third world. He was pretty imp impressive because he utilised public health, um, went to Egypt and actually identified cholera outbreaks and identified the organism responsible for cholera outbreaks in the field. I think that's a pretty important thing for um, infectious diseases doctors with multiple emerging diseases coming uh, to the table is that you know he was one of the people who pioneered that sort of process is going out making identification and taking it back home and he was able to use that to treat patients as well. Um, I think looking at my notes here that there was a couple of things that I think are really important to um, note as well that Koch wasn't the only person that identified these organisms but in the first 20 years after he developed his postulates, there was 20 organisms that were identified and could therefore be targeted for treatment. So really he was the founder, the founder of modern infectious diseases as well because he was able to identify the organisms and come up with a treatment algorithm. Um, because of these um, uh, postulates that he developed, he became very well known in his local scientific community. He was very stubborn. Anyone that actually said, no, I don't believe that this is the story, This isn't right. Um, he was very angry. He was very hard to work with those people. He didn't agree with them. He thought, this is my theory and this is why I think it's right. And ultimately he was proven to be you know, completely correct. Um, as I said before, he was um, awarded with the Nobel Prize in Medicine or Physiology in 1905. Um, he became quite famous in, in his native uh, Germany and he used his fame to, to divorce his wife and um, marry a very popular actress. So... Um, <laughs> That's not why I love cock. Um, it's <laughs> um, but I think, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him, and, and a lot of you probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him either. So that's why he's one of my heroes. Thank you. Thank you.